Well, good evening. Happy daylight savings time. I actually enjoy it. I hate the, the loss of sleep, but I do like the sun being out a little bit longer. Um, just a quick commercial for the marriage conference. Um, if you can make it, I encourage you all to attend. Uh, it'll be all weekend. Uh, we'll be meeting on Friday night and then uh, for a couple sessions on the Saturday, and then we'll be picking up on the Sunday as well. Um, child care is provided. Uh, it's going to be a good time. So uh, please, if you can make it, uh, we'd like you all to come, uh, even if it's just for a meeting or two, uh, just to, to kind of uh, get recharged in our marriages. If you're not married, you are more than welcome and absolutely encouraged to attend. Um, it's for those that are married or who plan to be married. So I think that uh, uh, encompasses pretty much everybody. Um, let's just look to the Lord one more time. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for today, um, a day where we uh, come aside and worship and remember our Savior, um, where we fellowship with uh, fellow saints, and uh, where we open your word and uh, hear from you. And Lord, we, we ask and pray that we would do the same this evening, Lord, that we would hear from you, uh, that you would guide our thoughts, and uh, Lord, that the Lord Jesus would be lifted up this evening. We pray this in his name. Do you hate it when the bad guy wins? Perhaps you're driving along, and this is my experience, and you're sitting in bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic, and then the person in front of you, and you only see one head, crosses the double yellow line into that carpool lane and takes off. Um, the, the thought usually comes, where are the cops, right? Um, I, I remember this happened quite often, but my partner and I would be sitting on a break. Jordan, you guys know him, most of you do. And we'd be sitting on a break, having a cup of coffee, and somebody would fly past us going, you know, way over the speed limit, bumping their music, talking on their cell phone, just every violation you can think of. And we'd think, where are the cops, you know, as we take our drink? Um, Maybe, maybe it's worse. Maybe you're, you're in line at the grocery store and you're just trying to get a, a, buy your milk and, and bread and that person in front of you has way more than 15 items in the express checkout line. Um, or it could be worse. It could be worse. Somebody that you know that you're connected to, either a neighbor or a coworker, is, uh, is cheating on their income tax and, and you know it. And they seem to be prospering from it. It doesn't seem like they're getting caught. Um, maybe it's somebody at work, a coworker, who always cuts the corners, is, is late to work, and, and cheats the company out of money, and yet that's the one that gets the promotion. What do you do? What do you do? Uh, let's open our Bibles to Psalm 37. Psalm 37. Um, we're going to look at our response to... Um, the, the times in our lives where the wicked seem to prosper and the righteous seem to suffer. What do we do? What is our response? Uh, Psalm 37, it's, it's a poem, and uh, it, it has, it's an acrostic or, or a needlepoint. And every stanza in the Hebrew represents a different letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Um, you don't need to know that for anything, but I just thought it was an interesting fact. Um, we're going to uh, open this up and just take it in chunks and kind of work our way through this, this portion here and look at 
our response? What is the believer, what is the, the righteous supposed to do um, during these times? And in verse 1 it says, Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity, for they soon shall be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Now, most of your Bibles are going to use that same word, fret. Um, and fret has a lot of different meanings. We think of fret, I think of being scared. But this, this word actually means being agitated or irritated. It says, don't be irritated because of evildoers. Um, it's hard for us, right? We're sitting in bumper-to-bumper traffic, and that guy gets in the carpool lane, and he's flying, and you're like, man, he's going to get there, you know, three and a half minutes faster than I am, you know? Um, but we get irritated, and we focus on that person, and we're like, why does this guy get to win? Why does he get to make the extra buck? Why does he seem to prosper? But then we're reminded that they soon shall be cut down. Um, think in, uh, keep in mind that this is a psalm written by King David. Um, he's old at this time, and just think about just some of the, the things that he had experienced in his life, um, being chased by a king, um, being betrayed by his own family, uh, being uh, just uh, having a country divided against who, who, who's for him and who's against him. Um, he had a lot of ups and downs. There were times in his life where it seemed that the wicked were prospering and he was just suffering. Um, and it's easy. It's easy for us to be focused on that. But here we're reminded, don't be irritated because the, in, the evildoers are prospering. Um, don't be envious of the workers of iniquity. Um, it's easy, and, and we fly over uh, the Hollywood Hills almost every day to get into the valley. And when you fly over the Hollywood Hills, these, and Mark works up in North Hollywood, some of these homes are just massive. I mean, absolutely massive. And I would say a, a vast majority of those people are doing it the right way. They're, they're, they're earning their money, and they're doing it the right way. But there are some that are in um, wicked uh, professions that are making tons of money. And when you look at their home, you think, man, they're prospering. Uh, they're making a lot of money doing uh, these evil things. It says, don't be worried. Don't be consumed by them. It says, for they soon shall be cut down. Um, we're going to see this as a repeated um, theme that is brought up throughout the entire psalm that um, their end is destruction. Their end is destruction. What is our response? What should we do? Um, <clears throat> it says in verse 3 that we are to trust in the Lord and do good. Trust in the Lord and do good. Now, this isn't just in being optimistic. You know, uh, my wife and I kind of go back and forth. She is absolutely the optimistic person in our family. I am completely pessimistic. If it's going to happen, uh, coronavirus, plane crash, whatever, it's going to happen. It's going to happen to us. And, you know, I'm, you, know you got the, uh, the zombie uh, apocalypse thing, you know, going on in my house with the water and, you know, getting ready for the worst case scenario. Um, she's the optimist. This isn't talking about just being optimistic. Trust in the Lord, and everything's going to turn out okay. This is a complete reliance on the Lord. This is an absolute faith on the Lord. This is uh, hanging on the side of a cliff, suspended by a rope, and that rope is the only thing holding you up. 
that type of dependence upon the Lord. We were talking this, this afternoon about this, this, one of these, uh, these free climbers and this guy that, that uh, free climbed El Capitan um, with no ropes, no nothing, um, just a bag of chalk. And when I was thinking about that, I was thinking about the times that I've rock, been rock climbing. And when you, when you let go, everything, your, your safety is completely dependent upon that rope, on that harness, on that, those mechanisms that are holding you up. And that's the trust that it's talking about here. Trust in the Lord. Absolute, complete trust. And then it says to do good. To do good. Um, There's a response to our trust. Trust in the Lord. Have faith in the Lord. Depend upon him. Know that he is in control. That even though the wicked seem to be prospering, that God is in control. And it says, and with that, the corresponding action to that is to do good. Matthew 5 tells us to let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. You're going to see this as a repeated theme throughout this. Um, but the first thing we are to do is to trust in the Lord. And I, I'd like to ask everybody here, have you trusted in the Lord? Has there been a point in time where you've put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, where you've realized that you are a sinner, that you are in need of a Savior, and that you simply, just like that rock climber, would let go, you let go and trust that Christ's finished work on the cross saved you from your sin? Have you trusted in him? And for the believer, are you trusting in him? Would be the next question. Are you trusting in him for those those bumps along the road, um, those, those situations in life, you know, and we'll talk about this in, in coming verses, but um, in working with the young people, um, that's always the question. You know, I want to know the will of God. What do, what do I do? Where do I go? Um, what school should I go to? All these questions, and they're great questions. Um, who should I marry? Um, this, is, this is the guidance that we get from the Lord. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then it goes on to say, dwell on the land and feed on his faithfulness. This dwelling means to abide in the land. Um, abide in the land. That means enjoy the benefits of it. Um, soak it up. Reap it. Um, make yourself at home. Abide. Dwell in the land. Um, and feed on the faithfulness of God. Um, Rex Trogdon uh, was asked, you know, how, how are things going uh, financially? And he said, well, you know, I'm, I'm living uh, hand to mouth. And the person's like, oh, man, that sounds terrible. And, and he says, well, just a minute. He goes, I'm living uh, by God's hand into my mouth, um, completely faithful. Um, the Lord always meeting his needs and him and Nancy's needs. Um, and how do we do this? How do we, how do we feed on the faithfulness of God? Well, we remember past provisions. How has God come through in the past? What has he done? One of the greatest ways to do so is what we did this morning, remembering the Lord Jesus, remembering the greatest provision that has ever taken place for us, the, the provision of, of our, our need for a Savior. But then there's been past provisions, um, the times where money was tight and then all of a sudden a gift came in the mail, or uh, you, you needed that extra shift at work and you got it, you know. These are the things that you have to remember. These are feeding on the faithfulness of God. The other one is to um, be thankful. Be thankful. Uh, First Thessalonians, Paul reminds us to, 
to be thankful in everything. In everything, give thanks. Um, Nate Bramson has said, that, and, he, and he often uses this illustration, but he says, if you want to feed on the faithfulness of God, go home and write down 50 things that you can be thankful for. 50 things. And by the end of the night, there won't be any fret. There won't be any worry. Um, that'll be uh, enough to get you through. Because you will remember all the times that God has provided, all the things that he continues to give us, and to be thankful. Uh, the psalmist goes on to say in verse 4, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Uh, a commentator said that one who delights in the Lord will have desires that conform to God's will for their lives. One who delights in the Lord will have desires that conform to God's will for their lives. Delight yourself in the Lord. Um, where do we find our delight? Oftentimes we go to those broken cisterns, don't we? Those things that, uh, that don't quite satisfy. Here the psalmist reminds us to say, delight yourself in the Lord, and then he will give you the desires of your heart. Oftentimes um, these prosperity preachers will use this and say, you just got to you know, name it and claim it. You know, just you know, pray for that jet and that, that boat and whatever is you know, in your, your heart's desire. But that's not what the psalmist is saying. He's saying here that if you delight yourself in the Lord, that your will becomes his will. That your, your, that your desires become his desires. And he is more than willing to give you those desires. Um, he shall give you the desires of your heart. In verse 10, as we consider these things and how do we, how do we deal with these, these issues in life of, of the wicked uh, uh, prospering and, and the situations that we're in when we seem to be suffering. In verse 5 it says, commit your way to the Lord. Commit your way to the Lord. What does that word commit mean? Uh, some of your Bibles will say, and that word actually means to roll onto to roll onto, kind of like that, uh, the Pilgrim's Progress picture of that heavy burden that he's carrying, the rolling of that weight. Commit your way to the Lord. Um, there's a lot of things that burden us throughout our life, a lot of things. Um, and this is, I mean, just pulling back the corner of, in, in my personal life. Um, anytime Lynn uh, Hughes calls me, I worry. I do. Um, I worry because I don't know what, what the news is going to be, right? Um, that's a burden for me, you know, uh, you, you, and, you know, uh, they would be in a much better place if it was bad news or it would be good news, I guess, but um, it still worries me. And, and what do I do with that? What do you do when the phone rings and it's bad news? What do you do when the boss calls you in the office and it's, hey, we're, we're, cutting, we're cutting back? Um, how do you get through these things? How do you get through these times when you are the one that's getting fired and the wicked on the other aisle is, is, is prospering and, and getting wealthy. You commit your way to the Lord. You stop worrying about it. And you trust him, as it says in the next, uh, next phrase. Trust also in him. Has he ever let you down? Has he ever let you down? Um, it says, and commit your ways to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Now, it might not end up the way that you wanted it to. It might not end up the way that you thought it was going to. But it ended up the way that he wanted it to. 
Um, and if you find that your will is that his will be done, then you can trust him. You can trust him. He shall bring it to pass. In verse 6, it says, He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Um, Perhaps you were in the workplace and you were misquoted. Or maybe you said something and, and, and you were misunderstood. And all of a sudden, the accusations start pouring in. What do you do? What do you do? Uh, You trust in him. It says that uh, he is the one. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. I remember, and I'm kind of, you get the reputation when you're a believer in the workplace, and it's a workplace that constantly uh, swears and uses foul language, um, that you get the reputation of the guy that doesn't cuss, right? Um, The guy that doesn't cuss. Well, one day um, we were talking, and somebody thought that they heard me say something that was off color. They just thought, and, and they made a big deal about it, right? Oh, this is, he did it. He said it, you know. Um, and what do you say? You know, there's no video recording, at least there wasn't back then. Uh, there's no way to go back and say, well, no, you know, you try to justify yourself, and they just, no, no, you slipped, you fell, and they love it. They, they revel in it, right? Um, and then you get the person that steps up and says, he would never say that. She would never say that. Um, the Lord is the one. He's the best defense attorney money can buy. He is the one that stands in the gap for you. He is the one that, that, is, that is your advocate. And he is the one that uh, it, it clears these things up when you are misquoted or misrepresented. Uh, dropping down in verse 7. It says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Um, we, we can rest in the Lord because he's the one that's carrying our burdens. And again, some of these burdens are just... I, 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 frankly, I don't know how people outside of Christ deal with the things that life brings. Um, it's devastating. When we, when you need, uh, and Mark and Rod and Ryan and all those guys can, can attest to, when you pull up to a scene where, where somebody's died, either in a car accident or some sort of... Uh, and Wade back in the day... Um, where somebody has been killed um, and, and the family comes to the scene, it's heart-wrenching. It's terrible. Um, to hear those cries of a mom or a husband or a wife, it's just, it's, it's, it breaks your heart. Um, and these people are dealing with it outside of Christ. They have no hope. There's nothing that they can turn to. But we as Christians, we as believers, those who have put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, we can rest and wait patiently for the Lord. It doesn't mean that that scene or that incident is going to be easy. It's going to be extremely, extremely difficult. But we can wait patiently on the Lord that he is going to uh, be that comfort uh, to us when needed. It goes on to say in verse 7, Do not fret, do not be irritated because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes. Um, you know what's funny is... is when we think about this idea of rest and, and waiting patiently on the Lord, we, we oftentimes, um, we, the Bible says in Proverbs, is, you know, cast, cast your burden, you know, 
we're reminded by, by the Lord to cast our burdens upon him because he cares for us, right? Um, but then we go ahead and we pick those burdens back up and we hold on to them. Because um, we like to worry. We like to ponder. We like to, to stress out about things. Um, because we, it's hard for us to let go. Notice what we've read so far. And it says that we are to trust in the Lord, verse 3. We are to delight in the Lord, verse 4. We are to commit your way to the Lord, in verse 5. We are to rest in the Lord, in verse 7. And we are to wait patiently for him in that latter half. This is how we respond. This is how we deal with these things in life that come our way. And this is how we deal with the, the wicked that are prospering all around us. Don't fret. Don't be agitated by the way others are prospering around you. Um, it says that uh, uh, we, we are to do not fret. Don't be irritated by the way that the, the wicked prosper. And, and by the wicked schemes as they come to pass. Um, when someone slanders you, when someone uh, accuses you falsely, uh, perhaps um, to your face or to others, um, it, by nature, we like to chew on it. Uh, we like to think about it. We like to talk, think about that conversation we had, and we played over and over and over again in our minds, and I should have said this, and when he said this, or she said, I should have came back and respond, and we just do this over and over and over again. And the Lord says, stop. Stop. Cast your burdens on him. Give it to him. Let him be your defense attorney. Let him take care of this situation. Verse 8, cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. Again, this is the third time. Don't be irritated. It only causes harm. That constant chewing on these things is like, it's a root of bitterness that we read about in Hebrews. It, it, it grows and, and, it, and it multiplies and, it's, and it, the, the acid in your stomach turns. And every time you see that person, you just can't help but just think negatively towards them. And this isn't how God wants us to respond at all. He wants to remind us that, that evildoers will be dealt with in verse 9. Evildoers will be dealt with. Um, but those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. Um, patience, patience, waiting on God, waiting on him, and remi being reminded of the inheritance. Now, this is the inheritance that uh, David was thinking of, that the, the land, the physical property of Israel. Um, we'll we know that not only is there a, a physical inheritance for Israel, that when Christ comes, there will be that that. Uh, that physical inheritance will be renewed. Christ will come. He will reign, and, and they will have that eternal throne. And that eternal throne, it's, it's an inheritance that's eternal, will carry on into eternity, into his eternal kingdom. Um, but we have an inheritance as well, uh, the one that's incorruptible, uh, that doesn't fade away. Um, and, and we have to be reminded of these things, to wait patiently on the Lord and to be reminded of the inheritance that we have um, in Christ. And, and he goes on to explain this in verse uh, 10. He says, For yet a little while, and the wicked shall be no more. Indeed, you will look carefully for his place, but it shall be no more. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and they shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. And that's when the Lord comes back. When the Lord comes back, this is, this is true for the church. When the Lord comes back and the rapture takes place, we will be at peace. All this persecution, all this just this, uh, the, the, the sin, 
uh, the effects of sin on the body, all these bad things, there, there will be perfect peace. But it's also true for Israel. That's a promise made to Israel, that they will have peace. There will be peace on earth, and it will be when Christ sits on the throne um, and in that millennial reign, and then into etern that eternal kingdom. Um, evil at that point will be vanquished and, and dealt with. Um, in verse 12, it says that the wicked plots against the just and gnashes at him with his teeth, but the Lord laughs at him and says that his day is coming. Um, it's laughable. You think about the wicked and, and, and how they want to, oh, I just want to get that with those guys, and, and they plot and, and they scheme and, and they draw up all kinds of plans, and it's laughable to the Lord. You know, we're, we're talking about uh, Moses in, uh, in the high school class right now and thinking of Exodus and and we think of Pharaoh and how he's like, oh, I'm going to get these guys. And it's laughable to the Lord. You know, he, he, he's sovereign. He's in control. Um, there's nothing that's outside of his knowledge or power. Um, and he will win in the end. Um, the hatred towards the ungodly. And the Lord just simply laughs at it, um, laughs at their, their schemes. Um, it says in verse 14, the wicked have drawn their sword and bent their bow to cast down the poor and needy, to slay those who are upright in conduct. But then it says, their sword shall enter their own heart, and their bow shall be broken. i reminded when I read this of, of Gideon. You think of Gideon and, and the, the, the sheepish, uh, you know, how he was hiding and, and threshing wheat in, in, in the, the wine press, and he's raised up to be this leader to go against this Midianite army that, that is uh, seeking to take, take him out. And... Uh, it's, it's, it's when they, they circle that valley with those pitchers and the torches and those, those, uh, those pitchers are broken and the trumpet sounds and the Midianites wake from sleep. What do they do? It says they take out their swords and they start killing each other. Um, sword against sword, you know, uh, friendly fire. Um, this is what the Lord does to the wicked. Um, that their schemes, their plans, their wickedness, um, it all comes to an end. Um, and, it, and, it, and it's their demise. In verse 16, it says, A little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked. Um, <clears throat> when we think about uh, the bank accounts of those that are prospering, uh, the, the wicked that are prospering, again, going, driving through the Hollywood Hills or flying over the Hollywood Hills, you just see these, you know, million-dollar homes, and they're, they're massive, they're huge. Um, driving up or flying up the coast, um, you see these homes right on the beach. Um, and, and their bank accounts, no doubt, are huge. They're massive um, compared to those of the righteous. Um, but that's the physical bank account. Um, when we look at the spiritual bank account, um, we are infinitely more wealthy than they. Um, Paul writes in, in, in Ephesians, he says that they're, it's the unsearchable riches of Christ that the, it's so big, it's so vast, that you cannot, we can't even comprehend the end of them. Um, we are so much more wealthy in Christ than they. Um, and these are the things that we are to be reminded of, um, the, the unsearchable riches of Christ. Um, in verse 17, he says, For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. Um, Paul was talking about uh, the, the, the infirmities that he has and, and, and the, the fact that he was relaying what the Lord had told him to the, the Corinthians, and he says that God told him that his grace was sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. 
It is God who holds us up when we are struggling, when we are going through these deep waters. Um, and there's no greater person to have in your quarter than the Lord Jesus Christ, um, the one that you can lean on, rest on, trust in, rely upon, roll your burden onto. Um, he is that one um, that sticks closer than a, than a brother, closer than a friend. Um, in verse 18, it says, The Lord knows the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. And you'll see that a lot of these phrases are, are being repeated, and there's, a, there's kind of a mirroring that's going on in this poem if you were to uh, diagram it out. And here he's, he's repeating an earlier statement in, in reminding them of their inheritance, that it's forever. Um, and, and we are to be reminded of that same inheritance, um, that no matter the, the situation that we're going through, in First Peter, um, it says that we have an inheritance that we've already talked about, incorruptible, undefiled, that does not fade away, that's reserved for heaven, um, reserved in heaven for you, and is kept by the power of God. Um, it's, 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 the stock market has been doing some crazy things this last few weeks. Um, every day at work, we got, you know, the guys that are really worried about it have the, uh, the news up, and uh, it's up, it's down, they're happy, they're sad, um, and, and they're just so concerned. Um, one of them is because, one reason is because a lot of them are on the verge of retirement, and so a lot of it hinges on that. Um, I got 20 years left, so I don't really care. Um, but they're worried about their inheritance, they're worried about their future, and we have a future that is so secure, um, and, and, and the interest rate is out of this world. Um, it, it is so good, um, and it's kept by the power of God. Um, verse 19, it says, They shall not be ashamed in the evil time. In the days of famine, uh, they shall be satisfied. Uh, because the righteous and, and believers, as we are to live sacrificially, uh, because we live in, in that kind of a way, where we think of eternal things rather than physical things, where we give to the Lord out of our, our abundance and our excess, and even when it hurts, as Paul told uh, you know, some of the, uh, the early church, um, to give until it hurts. Because we live that way in a sacrificial way, when the resources are low, everything's okay. We don't worry about it. Kind of like Rex was saying, living hand to mouth. Well, it's okay because it's God's hand in my mouth. I, I'm, not, I'm not worried about it. It's, it's, the, uh, uh, it's the, the wicked that worry when the stock market and coronavirus and all these things that, I mean, they're serious. They're, 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 they're issues that, you know, that we can think about and, and talk about and pray about. Um, but in the end, we know where we're going. Um, we have a hope that's outside of this world. Um, and, and we also have a God that can provide a feast in the wilderness. Um, you think of the, the children of Israel, and, and they're gone. They're out there. They're in the wilderness, and God brings a feast to their, to their, uh, their tent door every morning. Um, in verse 20, the wicked perish, the enemies of the Lord, and the enemies of the Lord, like the splendor of the meadows, they shall vanish into smoke. They shall vanish away. Just reminding them of the, the, that the temporary, um, the, the, these are only temporary issues that you're going through. Um, when the wicked are prospering, uh, Paul writes in Philippians to the to the church. He says, uh, "Brethren, join in my example and note those who so walk as you have for us a pattern. For many walk of whom I have told you, and often now tell you, even weeping, that there are enemies of the cross the cross of Christ. 
And then he says, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. Um, this, is the, this is the wicked mindset. It's all about here and it's all about now. And Paul says right after that, he goes, for our, our citizenship is in heaven. Um, we have a heavenly hope, a heavenly security. Um, the wicked borrow and does not repay. Um, you think of these, these, these businesses and these you know, Fortune 500 companies that go under and, and they borrow against the loss and, and they do all these, these scheming, uh, these things. Um, I think of, of uh, seeing some of these homes that are in LA and they're beautiful homes and you don't realize that you know, they're being foreclosed on. You know, but on the outside, they look great. Um, but inside, uh, this, these, they're, uh, they're hurting financially. Um, that's how the wicked live. The wicked, uh, they borrow and don't repay. But how do the righteous respond? How, how do the righteous live? It says, the righteous show mercy and gives. The righteous show mercy and give. And this is a giving with an, without expecting a return. This isn't lending people money. This is giving out of the abundance and the, the, the mercy that God has given to us. Um, it doesn't say lend. Um, for those blessed by him shall inherit the earth, but those cursed by him shall be cut off. And uh, the destiny of mankind um, rests on the relationship with the Lord, on their relationship with the Lord. The destiny of mankind rests on the relationship with the Lord. If you are saved, if you have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, here it says, you shall be blessed, and you shall inherit eternal life. But if you refuse God's gift of salvation, you reject it, you, you say, no, thank you. Here it says, you are cursed, and you shall be cut off. Um, and that's the, that's the, the only two options. Um, there is no other plan. Um, there is no um, perishing and then working your way out um, it's, it's either you're blessed or you're cursed. Um, uh, it says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Uh, this has been a huge help to me as of late, just with the, the job change and, and different things going on in life, uh, and just wondering, like, Lord, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? Uh, like, I want what you want, and I don't want what you don't want. Um, show me what you want me to do. And um, the, the, this, the, these things, Verses similar to this, and in Proverbs, um, my grandma, Grandma Fran, always writes this on every birthday card that she sends out, and it's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Um, trust in the Lord. Lean on him. Uh, and he, it says, he delights in his way. This is the type of, 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 of uh, dependence God wants, that we completely depend upon him for every step, every moment, the big decisions and the small decisions. And it says, though he shall fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Um, now this is, uh, we think of Christians falling and, and stumbling. This isn't speaking of, of spiritual, spiritually falling. Um, we've been talking about material things this whole time. So this is, this is when something happens in a, in a physical sense, you physically fall, either financially, um, health-wise. Um, but the same is true in the spiritual sense. Um, though he fall, 
he shall not be cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. The Lord picks us up. You think of uh, Peter stepping out onto the water and uh, taking his eyes off the Lord and falling into the ground or into the water. And, and what happens? It says the Lord reaches out and grabs him. He upholds us when we fall. Um, so the same is true both spiritually and materially. Uh, I have... I have been a young man and am now old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken for his descent, uh, nor his descendants begging bread. Uh, David here is speaking from life's experience. Um, he's seen it all, you could say. Um, now, this is a, a complementary proof, uh, not a sole proof, of, that God's word is true. Um, David can say, based on my experience, based on my life, what I've seen, that um, the righteous have not been forsaken. Um, there's been some ups and downs. There's been some tur uh, turmoil and, and stress, um, but they have not been forsaken. And, and again, it's a complementary proof. It's not, it's not a sole proof, but it does show that what, um, what the Lord is saying is true. Uh, he is merciful and lends. His descendants are blessed in verse 26. Um, and, and we can be reminded of how merciful was God to David. Um, you think of the times that he, you know, uh, he won great victories in, in, in the, the battle with Goliath and, and others. But then you think of the times that he fell um, morally and how the Lord picked him up and, and restored him. Uh, Depart from evil and do good, in verse 27, and dwell forevermore. Now, as you'll see, and this is a, you don't need to know this, you can, you can die and not know this, but um, there's a that chiasm uh, that is formed here in this, in this psalm, and that simply means that uh, some of the early verses mirror the later verses, and it kind of comes to this point. So you'll see here in, in verse 27 that it kind of mirrors what was said in verse 3, uh, depart from evil and do good and dwell forevermore. Uh, this time, it's a departure from evil. The first time it's mentioned is trust in the Lord. So there's this faith in God and this departure from evil. Trusting in the Lord means departing from evil. Um, we can't be Christians and do the same things or, ha or have the same vices that we had prior to coming to Christ. Um, Galatians is clear, and, and we won't read them all, but Galatians 5, it says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, and, and he lists a whole laundry list of just terrible things, adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, and the list goes on. These are the things that the flesh likes. These are the things that um, took place before uh, we came to Christ. But here he says, depart from evil, come away from those things, and do good. Well, in Galatians 5, the very next verses are the fruit of the Spirit. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering, um, all these things. Um, so depart from evil, do good, and dwell forevermore. It says, for the Lord loves justice and does not forsake his saints. Um, the psalmist in this psalm, and, and one, one thing that I really enjoyed and, and I hope will encourage you, um, was he spends a lot of time on the security of the righteous or the security of the saint. Um, if you look back in verses 18 and 24, 28, and we'll get to 33, Lord willing, um, he talks about the security, how secure we are 
that, that God is in control, that he is the one that holds us, that he never lets us go. He will never leave us nor forsake us. Um, and God wants the believer to know that you can be secure in him. Um, John, First John, uh, the apostle writes, these things are written that you may know that you have eternal life. God wants you to know right now, tonight, that you can have eternal life, and he wants you to be secure in your, uh, in your salvation. Um, F.W. Dixon, no relation, said that if you lack assurance, there is only one way to gain it or regain it. Take the word of God. Take it and believe it. God says you are his, that you are safe and absolutely secure, and that he will never let you go. Take a large dose of that. Um, you are secure. You are preserved. Um, it says they are preserved forever. Um, he will never let you go. Um, it says, but the descendants of the wicked shall be cut off. It's hard to think about the fate of those outside of Christ. Um, it, it's, it's terrible to think of, of what's going to happen to those that um, don't put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, um, to be separated from him for all eternity um, in the outer darkness, um, a, a pain and a suffering that, um, that only Christ can tell us of because um, he experienced it for us. Um, unthinkable torments and that's that's the fate of those that are outside of Christ um, this 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 has to drive us to preach the gospel to pray for the lost uh, to warn those who are on their way to an eternity separated from God um, but on the flip side the righteous shall inherit the land and dwell in it forever um, we're not going to get to the end of this it's a, it's a pretty lengthy uh, psalm here um, but I, I pray that, uh, that we've taken some things out of this, um, that although the, those around us seem to be prospering, uh, seem to be uh, gaining ground and getting ahead of us, um, that we are to, how are we to respond to that? What, what is our response as believers? How do we respond when, when we are suffering, when we are going through hard times? Um, we're to trust in the Lord. Uh, we're to delight in him. We're to commit our ways to him. We are to feed on his faithfulness. And we are to simply rely upon him. Uh, let's just close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you. Thank you that we can call you Father. Thank you that we can um, trust in you. Um, that you are faithful. Uh, that um, you have, will never let us uh, down. Lord, that you've proven your, um, your faithfulness and your provision uh, through the, the sacrifice of your son. Um, Lord, you have done everything in your power to rescue us, to save us. Um, and Lord, we're, we're so thankful. We're so thankful that we have this relationship with you. Lord, I just pray that you would remind us to not be so focused on the world around us, um, but that our focus would be on you. Um, Lord, that we would commit our ways to you. Um, Lord, that we would find our delight in you. Um, Lord, I pray for anybody in here that does not know you. Uh, Lord, that they won't leave this place without walking away with that assurance, that eternal security that they can know um, where they stand before you tonight, either blessed or cursed. 
Uh, Lord, part us with your blessing. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.